Welcome to the What is Life, the What is Life Podcast. Welcome to the What is Life, the What is Life Podcast. Welcome to the What is Life, the What is Life Podcast. Podcast, yeah. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the What Is Life podcast. Yes, it's your boy, your host, Sensei Spee's in the building. Yes, Mr. Cronkite himself, back at you with another episode, episode 30. And wherever you're at in the world, whatever time it is, whatever day it is, if you're tuned in right now to episode 30, if you're tuned in right now to episode 30, If you're tuned in right now to episode 30, I got to say that I love you and I thank you for tuning in because this is going to be a great episode, a very enlightening episode. Okay, and we can gain all the knowledge in the world, right? Knowledge is power. But if we don't apply that knowledge, then what is it? And then if we if we get the wrong knowledge, right, that gives us what? No ledge to stand on if we don't have any experiences to back that knowledge. So this episode is going to be dope because we're going to be talking about something that we all go through. But before we even get into that, I have to let you know that this episode is being recorded in front of a live studio audience. Pal Pullen is in attendance. He is back posted up. He is ready for the trines the trinities the thirties so thank you for tuning in let's get it life is suffering i've suffered a lot in my life with change comes suffering suffering comes when we are not aligned with our vision Whenever we make up that mental picture in our head, whenever we see ourselves with that somebody, whenever we see ourselves attaining something, doing something in our mind, and it doesn't doesn't play out in the physical, that's when we experience suffering. Because we are not in harmony with our vision, with our soul. And if we remember, change is following a different idea or seeing from a different perspective. When life throws the kitchen sink at you, when life throws you lemons, either you can look at it as lemons or you can change your perspective. Or when life throws you lemons or throws you to kitchen sink, you can make a different, you can make that into something. You can make that into something. You don't have to take that as always an idea of life not giving you what you want or life overwhelming you. Maybe when life throws the kitchen sink at you, when life hands you lemons, 
it's really just, you know, that bow going back and you're the arrow, right? So the more that life throws at you, the more that's just loading you up to propel you to the top. But can you, can you withstand that suffering? Can you withstand that pain? And can you transmute that pain and make a different idea out of it? Can you make that a teaching moment? Can you learn from that pain? Can you learn from that suffering? Now, what is suffering? Suffering is unpleasant. It causes great discomfort. It causes pain. It's agonizing. When we suffer, it makes us question, is this all worth it? Is this life even worth living? Because we're all going to die. At some point, we're all going to die. We're all going to wither away. But if our body, when, when it goes into the ground, if our body gives new life, if it brings new life here in this 3D realm of reality, and our consciousness is somewhere else, then there would have to be an afterlife. There would have to be somewhere else that we go. Hopefully, I mean, I can't speak for where you all want to go, but I want to go back to source. I want to go back to where I came from, back to my soul group, back with my God. But if life throws me lemons and throws the kitchen sink at me and I'm not equipped to handle these trials and tribulations, these situations that I keep finding myself in, then I end up quitting on my sole purpose and my mission that I'm not going to get what I want. I'm not going to be able to return to my God. I'm going to have to come back here and do this all over again or come back as an animal. Or if I do it halfway right, right, I'll go into another spiritual realm, a higher realm, more peaceful realm, but there's still going to be suffering. The only way to eradicate suffering is to stand up to it. And when I say it, I mean Whatever the situation is that has put you in a down state, that has changed your mental state. Because when we suffer, it can spiral us down a road to depression. And all depression is, it's when we suppress ourselves out of hopelessness out of despondency causing us to be in a very, very, very low spirit, very, very low frequency, very, very low vibration out of fear. The fear of failure so we don't even try. The fear of speaking so we don't even speak. When we think about what we're about to do and it puts us in a fear state, sometimes that can be paralyzing to us. That's 
that's could be worse than going through an experience being scared at least you're still trying it because then you'll be able to reflect back and you'll be like why was i even scared (laughs) that's the beauty of going through your shit going through that situation because if you stop yourself out of fear if you stop yourself out of the fear of failure then you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer because we're here to evolve. We're here to advance. We're here to learn and teach. But if we're afraid of who we are and who we're supposed to become, then yes, we're going to suffer. Why? Because we're always going to crave that lifestyle that we want. But with no work, that's not going to manifest. That's not going to come to fruition. You're not going to be able to bear fruit if there's no labor. You can think about it all day. Yes, life is all mental, but you still have to put in that work. The inner work that you do, it has to be applied to the exterior world. As above, so below. It has to correspond. You have to give your thoughts and ideas a vehicle. You are that vehicle. You are that vessel. So, Utilize yourself wisely. Go through these experiences. Gain that much needed wisdom. I remember it was my junior year going into my senior year. That's when I got my first ever girlfriend. Now, I wasn't the best boyfriend, you know what I mean? It was my first time. It was a lot of shit that I didn't know. But, and shit that I didn't necessarily agree with. And my intentions weren't even to marry or anything like that at the beginning. So you can take a guess what they probably were. But I just know I had a lot of love to give. So I did the best that I could. But y'all can relate. We've all been heartbroken before. That first heartbreak, that's pretty tough to get over. I was a lost, I was lost. I was entering a whole new world once I uh, broke up with my first girlfriend. During that relationship, I lost a very close friend that I missed dearly. I missed out on a lot of experiences with my friends. I lost my love of football. I didn't even want to play that anymore. I was ready to settle down in Niceville. Work me a little regular job and go to community college and see what was going to happen after that. But it's funny how life has its... (laughs) 
has its own course because you can plan, right? But it's still going to test you to see how bad you want that plan and to see if that plan is really on your path. Really on your path. So, I was about to graduate and next thing you know, I'm breaking up with my girlfriend. So, there's no structure anymore because there's no more school. I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go to college anymore. I didn't know what to do. And I already told my dad that I didn't want to play football anymore. So, he sits me down and he tells me that I need to get out of Florida. And he was like, I know you don't want to play football anymore, this, that, and the third, but you got to get out of here. There's nothing for you here, and you don't want to end up trapped here. And he was right. Looking back at it, he was right. Because I was already working at the commissary anyway. So I spent all the years there working there. So I worked, I worked, he had me working with him from when I was 12 till I was able to bag groceries when I was 16. And then I still had to help if I wasn't doing that. <laughs> and that nigga had the nerve to pay me 59 cents an hour. 59 cents an hour. <laughs> anyway, at the time when he was having this talk with me, though, that was like the last thing I wanted to hear because, you know, I was heartbroken. My girlfriend had just broken up with me. I was fucking devastated. It seemed like nobody cared <laughs> besides my cats, but nobody cared. So I really had to go within to myself. I had to go seek out answers for myself because I was tired of crying every day. Tired of calling this woman's phone all the time. Um, I couldn't even have my best friend to talk to because our our friendship deteriorated because of that. Because you know how girls get jealous. And there was like nothing to be jealous about. But <sighs> at that age, you know, 17, 18, actually even now. I don't know. I don't know how. Well, yeah, actually, yes, women are very possessive. They don't want to share. They don't want to share. And, um, you know, out of fear, that relationship about to get cut off. So, what did I do? Well, I went to the Bible and I looked up love. And I found Corinthians 13. And I just read that over and 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 over again. For some reason, it comforted me. For some reason, it comforted me. And then it had me reflect on the relationship. And I was thankful for the experience. I was thankful that it happened. 
because I grew so much from that. I gained so much wisdom from that, just how to treat people. And it taught me how I needed to be loved. And I didn't know that I was capable of loving someone so that much. So that was cool to see from me because I had a cold heart growing up. You, y'all know how divorces go. I saw my parents' divorce coming. I mean, I knew it was coming, but I didn't want to play it out in my mind. And maybe if I did that, it wouldn't have hurt as much as it did, but it only hurt because of the disdain my dad had for my mother. And I loved my dad. I was pro-dad, pro-dad. I I still love my dad. (laughs) That's my best friend. But I was pro-dad, pro-dad. And so everything he was telling me, I believed him. And I don't know, but there's just... You know, he was very raw and very passionate in the distaste that he had for my mother. And so when I would go visit my mom, it would kill me because I love my mom. And, you know, that's your, that's what I was my first love, my mom. And, you know... I was under the impression that my mother didn't want me anymore. I was under the impression that my mother substituted me, traded me for money. Because I was so confused because when she told me to go move down there to be with my brother to Florida, I was thinking that she was going to come later, but then she never came. And... Um, how that all played out. They ended up getting a divorce. Mom kept the house, all that. And I was, I was thinking that she didn't love me. So from 10, from the age of 10 to 17, I lost touch with my emotions. I really lost touch with my feminine side. I got so hardened. But through football, that was really the best way I could be creative. And through writing, um, I was I did the newspaper. I was a sports editor in high school. Those were my two creative outlets. And creativity is the yang. And the yin and yang. The yang is the feminine. So that's creativity and going within. And football was so great because it's a great mixture of the yin and the yang because you can still be masculine, be logical, and really, you know, show that power. But then when you are running back, you can still, ah, ah, salsa. You know, show that one, two, step. (laughs) You can be really creative, really creative. That's why we love sports. That's why we love Watching LeBron do what he do. That's why we loved Kobe so much. 
that's why we love Jordan so much. We love people dedicated to their craft. And I really fell in love with football. I really did. But then when I got my first girlfriend, I traded that in. In a heartbeat, traded that in. But that was cool because that taught me, that taught me how to love. And it taught me that I could be compassionate. And it taught me that I could really care for another person outside of myself. Especially growing up thinking that nobody cared about. But I always felt so cold because I couldn't speak to my mom. And as a kid, like, I'd be so animated with it. <laughs> I'd be on 120. It was never a dull moment. So going from that to having to force myself not to talk to her ate me up. That would kill me. Kill me. I couldn't talk to her. I couldn't talk to my aunties in Chicago. None of my cousins in Chicago. I was molested by somebody who was really close to me. I felt all alone for real. All alone for real. But it didn't, it didn't, I didn't realize it until I got older, until I really started healing my past, until I really started confronting the things that I was suppressing from my childhood and my teen years. I started confronting those things and looking at the deeper meaning, looking at why that needed to happen. And that's when I realized that suffering is needed on the path to enlightenment. In this lifetime, death comes in many shapes, forms, and fashions. We have the physical death. We have death of ideas and thoughts. We have deaths of old habits and ways. We have deaths of friendships, relationships. We see nature die. Death is something that we can't escape. But death is also something that causes suffering because since we know that we can die a physical death, we automatically have this fear to attempt. We have this fear to attempt whatever we know we need to do or that looks fun, but we're scared to try because we might hurt ourselves or we might hurt someone else. This fear makes us forget that we are in control of our own fate. We are in control of our actions. But it's when we act without intention, when we act without intention, that's when suffering occurs the most. Because we are not aware of what we're manifesting. We're not aware of what we're doing. We're acting blindly. We're, we're going off our ego. We're going off what we crave. 
when we dislike something, we, it's, it's often that we don't dislike it because we genuinely dislike it. We dislike it because others dislike it. We tend to go with the norm. And then this builds conflicting thoughts, conflicting ideas, because one minute this idea might be the wave. And then next week, this idea is the wave. And then it's like, what do you believe? Well, what you do is you keep an open mind and you only let in what resonates. And that can be applicable in your life. If you can really see yourself applying that new way of thinking or that new blender to make smoothies or that new pan to make omelets, if it, if it can be applied to you and it works, then that's how you know it's for you. Because as soon as you close off anything in life, you're, you're building up walls and structures for you to stay confined. You keep building a prison around your brain because you are choosing to be closed off. You are choosing to be closed minded because when your method or when your way of thinking that you were taught doesn't work in a certain situation. You automatically experience suffering because you don't know any other laws or any other ways to deal with the situation because you choose to be closed minded. You chose to be closed minded when we are not in harmony with what our soul needs then we suffer and all our soul wants is the truth. The more structure that you have for yourself, the more discipline that you have for yourself, the more love that you have for yourself, the more in harmony you will be with yourself, the more pleasant this life will be. Each morning you will be excited. Each day you'll be excited. Each night you'll be excited to do whatever it is that you do because you know you're in the driver's seat. But it's when and only when you detach from your cravings, you detach from your desires, you detach for what you long for, that you will no longer suffer. You will finally be at peace. You can finally be that observer to look at this life from a bird's eye view and really see what's going on. Really see behind the scenes. Really see that you are the producer and everything that you crave and desire is because of what you consumed. So be careful of what you're letting into your mental. Because life is mental. And if you want to end suffering. Then don't be afraid to go through these experiences. 
be an observer in these experiences. When I went through my experiences, I was numb. I couldn't say much, so all I could do was observe. Until it was actually time for me to use my voice. So whenever you feel yourself becoming afraid to do something, detach from the word fear itself and watch how your energy will shift and transmute into a higher frequency and you will be encouraged to do what you're afraid of. You will be encouraged to do what you're afraid of. You will have that spirit in you because you chose to have it in you. Our fate in this world is determined by our actions. Be the vessel. Live your soul purpose. Live out your mission. Be that observer. Detach from your wants. Detach from your fears. And watch yourself be at peace. That is all the time we have for this episode of the What Is Life podcast, episode 30. This has been a beautiful episode. I hope this episode helps because it's helped me tremendously. Why? Because life is going to test you, but the more pressure it adds to your life, you have to realize you're a diamond. Okay, we're all lights. We're all spiritual beings. Think about how much a diamond dances when the light hits it. But also think about how a diamond starts off. It has to be mined. And it's put through heat. It's put through that pressure. It's tested. So shine bright like a diamond. And be thankful for your experiences. That's why we are here. The more we experience, the more we're inspired. But it's where we want to take that inspiration. Do we want a high frequency of inspiration so we can vibrate higher? Do we want a low frequency of inspiration so we can vibe at a low rate? Let's not live in a depressed state. Let's not. Let's let's end suffering, please. We can do it. As always, this has been your boy, your host, Sensei Speeds in the building. And this has been a great episode. I want to thank y'all for listening. I love y'all. I love y'all. I really do. This is awesome. I'm glad we get to do this podcast, man. Come join the conversation. Like us on Facebook at Spooky Visions. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Spooky Visions. And if you have any emails, I mean, if you have any questions, email me at SpookyVisions at gmail.com. Also check out the website, www.spookyvisionsllc.com. Book your latest visual with your boy. And peace and love. Stay tuned for episode 31. And remember, we never die.